When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sports Day, live from the Toolkit Depot Studios at Optus Stadium. For Kia, the seven-seat Kia Sorento large SUV. Yeah, thanks to Hazen Mardo for the run home. Welcome to Sports Day with Peter Vlahos on this Thursday, the 19th day of January. And we're over halfway into January. I thought about it this morning, actually, is that we're over halfway and we've got February just around the corner, the last month of summer, and then we're into autumn. I can't believe how quickly things fly. Is it me or is it the fact that uh, for whatever reason, we've always got our foot on the accelerator and things just whip past us at a frightening rate? And I reckon uh, the days and the weeks and the months and the years are doing just that. Anyway, you can join us on the Tempera Bedshed text machine 0487 736 736 or call 13 12 55. Bedshed are the experts in temper mattresses, pillows and adjustable bases. Check the range of temper products in store or visit bedshed.com.au. All here for Kia, the all-electric Kia EV6 GT supercar. Well, let's kick it off with tennis. I'll be speaking to Paul Kildary a little bit later on. Uh, former player, coach. He was the tournament director for the final few years at the Hopman Cup. Uh, knows everybody in tennis. And has had a strong connection as a coach, as a mentor with the likes of Sam Souza, who bowed out of uh, the doubles today. This is a final tournament in a career where it started back in 1999 when she played a very first professional uh, tournament. 1999. And that is, what, 24 years ago, almost a quarter of a century. And Sam Stoza out of the singles, out of the doubles. She's still in the mixed doubles with our very own WA uh, player in Matt Ebden. But you often have rankings points when it comes to singles and doubles. And today the curtain came down. She did speak uh, after losing her doubles match with partner Elise Cornet of France. So we'll talk about Sam Stoza. You'll hear about Sam Stoza. But the other big story, and this is the hot topic for our friends at Repco, for expert car advice, book into your local Repco authorised service centre, is the performance of Alexi Popperin. And Paul Kildary has had a lot to do with Alexi Popperin's development. You would have heard, if you're listening to The Run Home, that the young fella who was born in Sydney to Russian parents... Uh, has just recorded the most significant win in his career. It's his fourth Australian Open wildcard, and a short time ago, he beat a top 10 player. Popperin, he's done it. He explodes into the third round. 
A marathon performance from the Australian. He's got the job done. The world number 113 has defeated the eighth seed. Listen to the crowd. Uh, you guys were just, <laughs> just incredible. Oh my God, this is crazy, man. I really, I really couldn't have done it without you guys. I was. <laughs> oh, this this win is it means so much to me. Um, I had the toughest year last year. Um, didn't win many matches. I've won as many matches this year as I won the whole of last year. Um, so, and it's only January. So. But how much did that pre-season just give you the belief today that you could win that match? Uh, pre-season, I put my head down. I worked as hard as I possibly could. I don't want that feeling that I had last year ever again. And that, that, that I wrote down to myself in my head. And, and I'm, I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to try and keep going all the way, man. Yeah, and having a look at last year that he spoke about, he got knocked out in the first round at the Australian Open, the first round at the French, the first round at Wimbledon, and got to the second round before being knocked out at the US Open at Flushing Meadow in New York. As we mentioned, he needed a wild card to get into the 2023 Australian Open, and he was victorious today. He meet, uh, he beat Taylor Fritz of the United States, 6 7 7 6 6 4 6 7 6 2 on John Kane Arena in just over four hours. The 23-year-old Aussie, as you heard, ranked a whopping 104 places behind the world number nine. So it was a huge effort. And it's the first time since 2005 that an Aussie has beaten a top 10 player at the Australian Open, except through injury or retirement. So a huge effort by Alexi Popperin. So I'm really looking forward to speaking to Paul Kildare a bit later on. In the program, when we look back at the Australian Open and a significant day in more than one reason for Australians. Samantha Stowe's a big story and, of course, Alexi Popperin, a significant story as well. Also, in a little while, about 10 minutes' time, a real grudge match will be uh, played at Macedonia Park on Saturday night. We've got Perth Glory taking on Melbourne Victory. And tonight I'll be speaking to Chris Economides, who played for three seasons at the Perth Glory. Have a list, listen to some of the players that wore purple and now play for Melbourne Victory. Jason Guerrier, Matthew Speranovic, Jake Brimmer, Chris Economides, Bruno Fornaroli, Nicholas Diagostino. All played recently with the Perth Glory. We'll be playing for the Big V, the Melbourne Victory. And coach Tony Popovich, as we know, won the Premier's Plate when he was in charge of the Perth Glory. Got the Glory to an A-League Grand Final and they were beaten here at Optus Stadium on penalties to Sydney FC. Grudge match, it's going to be a huge, a big one. And I know ticket sales have gone through the roof and the chairman's function with all the corporates sold out weeks ago. So we're going to speak to Chris Economides about coming back we're going to focus also on that uh, issue that has now plagued Melbourne victory some weeks ago in that crowd invasion and disturbance that happened where Melbourne victory got whacked with a, a fine of $550,000, but they weren't docked points. Chris Economides was there. So I'll speak to him about that and I'll speak to him about the match on Saturday night and how significant it will be because Melbourne victory so far have a disastrous season. 
They've got a very talented squad, but something has gone wrong. And we'll try and find out what that is. And no doubt they'll be keen to pick up three points against the Perth Glory on Saturday night. He's coming up a bit later on as well. So come and join us on the Tempera Bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736. Or give us a call at 13 12 55. And just quickly before we take a break, let's just have a look at a couple of the other interesting sports news today. For tyre power, buy three and get one free on selected Kumo passenger car and SUV tyres at tyre power. Apart from the tennis, I couldn't believe it last night when I was on social media and heard about Michael Clark's shirtless public stoush with today's show host, Carl Stefanovic. It made national headlines today. And a date has now been set when I think the former Australian cricket captain will need to address the saga because he does a breakfast program called the Big Sports Breakfast Show, which is in Sydney, which is equivalent to TAB Radio here in Perth. He does it with Laurie Daly and Jared Middleton, uh, a spokesman for Tab Court, Tab Corp, who own the radio station says that the company doesn't comment on the personal matters of its employees, but it is understood that Clark will be back on air when the big sports breakfast returns next Monday and that he's likely that he'll address the matter on air. I reckon that radio station will probably get one of its biggest ratings days uh, in history when Michael Clark unveils exactly what went wrong last night in Noosa. Uh, with Carl Stefanovic and the sisters. I tell you what, what a soapy it was. Uh, so anyway, that's the latest on Michael Clark. And just some other news uh, again in tennis. Looking forward tonight. Alex Dimonor is on court now, uh, but also Thanasi Kokonakis is due to take on veteran three-time major winner Andy Murray. Uh, in a big match uh, as well. So some big tennis being played tonight. We can have it all covered for you here on Sports Day. Uh, Bringing you up to date, thanks to Tyre Power, buy three and get one free on selected Kumo passenger car and SUV tyres at Tyre Power. Chris Economides will join us next from the Melbourne Victory here on Sports Day with Peter Vlahos. Chris Economides, and he joins me on the program now. Yassel, Chris. Yasu, how are you? Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, thanks for uh, joining us. I know it's getting a bit late there in Melbourne. You're looking forward to coming back west? 100%. Always looking forward to um, to getting back to Perth. I love the city, and um, it should be good to see some familiar faces as well. Oh, you'll see a lot of familiar faces. You might come in for a bit of abuse as well. All the former Glory players might be subjected to that as well because you'll notice at this venue, unlike at HBF Park, the fans are pretty close to the action. But when you look at Geria, Speranovic, Brimmer, Economides, Fornaroli, Diagostino, they've all worn purple at one stage. There's a bit of a uh, Perth Glory connection there with the current Melbourne Victory squad. Yeah, of course. I think there, there definitely is a lot of a lot of links to the past Glory squads, and um, there's obviously a lot of a lot of friends that have been made, and I'm sure a lot of um, enemies on the night. But um, yeah, overall, some obviously fantastic memories shared for a lot of players together there. What's happened to the victory this season? I didn't expect to see victory where they are currently on the A-League ladder, bottom in 12th position with 11 points after 11 games. What's happened, Chris? 
Yeah, I think it's it's been a little bit of a frustrating start. Um, a little bit unlucky with a couple of injuries, obviously Nani and um, a couple of key players out for a lot of the time. But, um, you know, we've really just got ourselves to kind of focus on and kind of get our season back on track and, and start, most importantly, winning games for us. Yeah, Nani is a big blow. He's out for the whole season now. Uh, but saying that, it's still a squad that is very steeped in talent. Yes. Yeah, you know, this, it's not a lack of firepower, obviously, we've got. And um, the depth of the squad is also very good. I think it's just a, a matter of um, clicking back the way we usually do. And, um, yeah, and just finding that little bit of luck that you also create sometimes in football. And, and then, obviously, things start to flow after that again. Tony Popovich, uh, certainly in his time in the A-League, has been more used to success than failure. We're only at the halfway stage, not even at the halfway stage of the season. Uh, how's the coach handling it all? Yeah, I think he's he's taking everything well. I think this time last season, we weren't doing too great either, which gives us a lot of motivation. As um, We were down near the bottom after the first kind of 10 games of last season, and we ended up missing on the Premier's plate by, by a point. So... I think we went on a good run with 16 games, I believe, unbeaten in a row. So hopefully we can kind of emulate something like that and, and draw inspiration from, from last year. But um, it's, we're definitely all working hard to get back to where we want to be, and, and that's kind of the only way to do it now. Now, you've been a seasoned professional when it comes to football. You know, you've played overseas in Italy, and, of course, you've been involved with the Western Sydney Wanderers, the glory and now Melbourne victory. But saying that, you know, sorry to bring it up again, but you wouldn't have experienced scenes like uh, you would have witnessed a few weeks ago against Melbourne City. Yeah, it was um, it was surreal. Honestly, uh, I played in uh, some pretty wild matches in the Serie B in Italy where we had um, we had lots of uh, passion and fans, but it was, um, yeah, it was crazy really to watch fans come on the pitch. Uh, never really experienced anything like that in, in my career. So, um, yeah, it was definitely a one-off experience. Did you fear for your safety? I know uh, the Melbourne City goalkeeper did, but do you fear for your safety at all? Not really, to be honest. I didn't really feel fear for my safety. I was just standing, looking on more in, in shock as to the the game had been stopped, which, um, you know, when, when you're in the moment for the 90 minutes, you're kind of only focused on what's in that rectangle and the 22 plays inside. And then when that gets kind of breached, you kind of just get a bit confused. So... I didn't feel unsafe at any stage. I kind of felt more frustrated that the game had to be stopped because um, it was such an entertaining game for the first 20 minutes as well. Chris, uh, I know it'd be very hard for you to make a comment, but I was flabbergasted that Melbourne victory went docked points for what happened because, as you know, in a lot of the leagues overseas, if there is crowd problems, often the club responsible with its fans gets docked points. You mentioned last year you went on a great run of 16 games without defeat. You do that again this uh, season, and all of a sudden you're playing finals. You could win uh, maybe the championship or the premiership, and it's a great season even though there's been this issue that plagued the A-League and uh, was a bad look for Australian football. Yeah, 100%. I think... um what we want to do now is just focus to the good football again and, and kind of highlight all the fantastic players in Australia, really. And I think we need to um, get fans engaged, get fans loving the game in Australia again, because that's the most important thing for, for all of us, right, who love football in Australia, is to have the fans connected, because that's what makes everything tick. So 
I think big clubs like Melbourne Victory putting on performances week in, week out will definitely help the league grow. Did you expect to... What was the general chat within the club? Did you expect to lose points? Um, Wasn't too sure, to be honest, when we were waiting to find out, but definitely relieved we didn't lose any points. As um, You know, that'll kind of impact us players personally as we have ambitions to play maybe Champions League the following season or go on to win a title for for your, your personal kind of glory where you want to you want to have titles to your name at the end of the at the end of your career so i think we're all pretty relieved that we didn't get punished as a as a team and it's kind of all put behind us now so we can really just kind of focus on our stuff that we can control i think that was the general message amongst the team your thoughts on the Perth Glory, who, like yourselves, have, have struggled certainly in, in the first half of the season, even though there's been a bit of light at the end of the tunnel. They haven't lost in their last three and only lost once now in their previous five games. So it'll be a decent hit out on Saturday night. Yeah, for sure. It's it's never easy travelling to Perth as an away team. Um, I remember that from my time, obviously, playing at the Glory. When teams would come over, they'd just be... Um, they'd always be a, a step behind. So, obviously, we know what to deal with against Glory. They're, they've built a little fortress out there at um, the, the new ground, so we'll have to definitely come up for the fight. Have you ever seen the ground firstly? You certainly wouldn't have played on it. No, I don't think I've ever seen it. I think we, when we did do kind of FFA Cup games when I was over there, we used different grounds. I don't believe I've ever played on that ground. But you won't have a, a session on that ground before you play on Saturday night? No, I don't, I don't think so. Okay, so it's going to be uh, a whole new world for Melbourne victory. Saying that, how much uh, of the pass plays? I know Nick Agostino has been good. He's been scoring goals. Bruno Fornaroli has now become a full-time member. Will he be over here? Yeah, um, if everything goes to plan, Bruno will be travelling, I'm pretty sure. And, um, yeah, there'll be a lot of familiar face catch-ups. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. <laughs> and how many of the current Perth Glory squad do you know fairly well? I think most of them. Even your new signings with Mustafa Amini I've played with together in the Socceroos and also in Denmark, our short time together there. And, yeah, and a few f- old faces like Rocket and, and all the boys I obviously know really well. Good on you, Chris. Well, thanks for joining us. I, I really appreciate it. You're an outstanding player. And as I said, an outstanding Thank individual. And uh, don't bring your best game on <laughs> Saturday. I'm happy for you to score one goal, as long as the Glory maybe take the three points. Uh, because if the Glory <laughs> take the three points, all of a sudden they're knocking on the top six. But it should be a great night. I'm really looking forward to it. Bring the suntan lotion, 36 degrees forecast for Saturday. So it'll be a warm one on Saturday night. Good on you, Chris. Thanks for your time. Will do. Will do. Thank you very much, mate. Good on you. Uh, Chris Economides joining us here on Sports Day. We're live from the Toolkit Depot studios here at Optus Stadium. Looking forward to it. Actually, on Saturday night, it'll be balmy. It'll be a big crowd. They'll make a hell of a noise. And I reckon Tony Popovich and a few of the Perth uh, Glory uh, former players are in for a pretty uh, interesting night. Uh, you can join us on the Tempera Bedshed text machine. Are you going on Saturday night? And how do you think it'll go? 0487 736 736. It's interesting that Chris was saying that the players weren't sure whether their season would still be alive uh, after that incident a few weeks ago against Melbourne City about being docked points. Had they been docked points, and we thought it might be up to 10, then their season was dead. It was all over. But as he's mentioned, This time last year, they were struggling again. 
and they went on that great run. They do that again this season. All of a sudden, it could be a fruitful season when she, really it should have been a season where they were severely punished and uh, the season was was gone for them for a, a non-playing uh, a playing situation. But uh, anyway, that decision has been done at some time back and we move on. And we will move on. After the break, uh, we will go back to the tennis courts at the Australian Open for all uh, Manarino and uh, Dimonor. In fact, Manorino has just uh, held serve. He now leads five games to four, but a big day today. Alexi Popperin, of course, winning uh, just a short time ago, his biggest win in his career. And we said goodbye to Samantha Stoza from uh, the doubles courts. And, of course, she's already out of the singles court. We'll talk to Paul Kildary next here on Sports Day. Yes, and of course, the all-electric Kia EV6 GT Supercar brings you this Australian Open tennis update. Of course, a pinnacle of engineering, the Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. Of course, major sponsors, too, of the Australian Open. Now, this gentleman we know very well. The Kildare name is etched into tennis folklore here in Perth, Western Australia. And, of course, Paul has been involved as a player, as a coach, as a mentor. He was tournament director of the Hopman Cup for a few years and is still uh, there working under the auspices of Tennis Australia. And let me say, he would have been delighted to see what happened just a short time ago with uh, Alexi Popperin, of course, recording uh, it's his best victory in his tennis career there at John Kane Arena, getting rid of American Taylor Fritz. Uh, a whopping 104 places between the 23-year-old Australian and the American world number nine. Paul Kildary, Happy New Year. Lovely to chat to you. Thanks, Pete. Thanks for having me. How significant was that for Alexi Popper? And he had a disastrous 2022. He said that in the post-court uh, interview. What a way to start 2023. Yeah, it was amazing. He's a, he's a great kid. He is uh, pretty emotional when he won, which was fantastic to see. But as you mentioned, he had a really tough uh, 2022. I believe he only won five matches on the main tour, which for a player of his talent, he's clearly struggling uh, for form all year. And, you know, he works hard. He, in the off-season, he worked really hard. He hired a new team. He's now coached by Xavier Melise, who the former Wimbledon semi-finalist. So he's invested in, his, uh, in a great coach. He's uh, hired a fitness trainer and a new fitness trainer and a new physio. So a really great start to, for Alexi to be in the third round here, backing up his good play in Adelaide, where he beat uh, Felix Auger Eliasim. Mm. who's number six in the world. So great start to the year for Alexa. Interesting what you're saying there, because I, I remember speaking to you some time back, it might have been two or three years ago, and your forecast that Popperin could be one of the players in the new wave or the next generation of Australian tennis player. Why did he have that uh, slight hiccup last year? And today, did we see what he potentially can deliver? No question we saw that, uh, and we have seen glimpses of it in the past. But, you know, it's a, at the end of the day, it's a very, you know, it's a, it's a tough sport. It's everyone, uh, you know, wants to be in that sort of top few players in the world. It's brutal out there, you know. It's, uh, you can't, it doesn't take a lot to go wrong to, for your form to slip. You get a few tough draws, and winning becomes pretty tough. So, uh, you know, a lot of people picked Alexei to do well for quite a while, but it's, 
great to see him just playing with confidence and the freedom that uh, we've all seen in patches. But, you know, it's a wonderful start for the year for him. Uh, all his family was there. I know that he was born in Sydney to uh, Russian parents and he did a bit of travelling in his early years before settling back here in Australia. What do you think, and you've seen it many times, what does a result like that tonight against uh, Taylor Fritz do for his confidence going forward? And I see in the next round, I'm just having a quick look, uh, it's it's a winnable match, isn't he? Takes on American Ben Shelton in the third round. Yeah, definitely. You know, a win like that, I think, just will mean so much more for him. He's 23 now. He's, he's shown great potential since about the age of 18. So everyone's, he's been around a bit now. He's not a, he's not a rookie. Um, but I think on the back of last year, it will just mean so much more for him. Uh, and, you know, third round up against Ben Shelton. Uh, many Australians wouldn't be familiar with Ben Shelton. His father was a pro, sort of back in my era. His father, Brian Shelton. Uh, ben was the number one college player in America. He left college around May of 22. And in that time, rose already into the top 100. So he's a great, great, he's got great potential. Uh, an interesting story about Ben, he... He he played in Adelaide week one, and it was the first time he'd ever left the United States. And he's a top hundred tennis player, so that you can imagine for Australia, for an Australian, that's just not possible. So mm. he's uh, he's going to be certainly a name to watch. I think certainly think Alexa's got the game to win that, but uh, Ben Shelton's certainly a name that people should remember. Let's talk to the other story regarding Australian today. And as Alexi Popperin looks to grow his uh, professional standing within the tennis uh, community worldwide, Samantha Stoza uh, bowed out of uh, what has been a great doubles career. It came to an end today on the Kia Arena. A straight sets loss in the first round of the doubles tournament. She played with Elise Cornet of France and they were beaten by the Chinese pair 6-3, 6-4. Uh, she kept it together. She was interviewed and hugged by Casey Delacqua, who are, they are such good friends at the end of the uh, on-court interview. It all started for Sam Stoza, Paul. I think she turned professional back in 1999. She played at an ITF tournament in Queensland. And here she is at 38 and in 2023, finally bowing out. It's been an incredible journey. Yeah, absolutely. Sam's, uh, you know, been lucky enough uh, to have such a close association with Sam for such a long time. I believe this was her 21st or 22nd Australian Open, which is just extraordinary. That's more Australian Opens than, you know, Linda Fruva-Tova, who beat Kim Birrell today, 17 years of age. So mm. Sam was playing here five years before she was born. So, you know, amazing career. She's an amazing woman, Sam. She's uh, just been so diligent with her tennis for such a long time and, no doubt that's a major reason why she's had such longevity with her career. But she's the ultimate professional. She's reached the highest levels. I think, um, you know, I don't think she's always uh, respected as much as her, as her record is just amazing. I mm. think she's got about eight Grand Slam titles across singles, doubles, mixed. She's obviously a French Open finalist. Amazing career. and uh, But more than that, she's a great person and... Um, and an unbelievable example for all our young players to look up to about what you can do with dedication and just hard work year after year. So, you know, it's sad for Sam, but I think it's exciting and no doubt there'll be 
plenty of opportunities for her in the sport or whatever she chooses to do. And she seems to be an individual that loves playing, uh, you know, as a team. I know she represented Australia many times at Federation Cup. She loved coming here to the Hopman Cup. I think she came early on and partnered, I think, Todd Reed, and then she came back with Leighton Hewitt. And, of course, you're the Hopman Cup uh, tournament director as well. She enjoyed that tournament, didn't she? Which suggests to me she likes being part of a team. Yeah, she definitely does. Sam loved uh, coming to the Hopman Cup. Uh, I think when Brisbane International started, she was felt a bit torn to be up there as well in front of her family. So, um, you know, Sam loves the team environment. She loved playing Fed Cup, Billie Jean King Cup over the years. And uh, just last week, she was our captain of our United Cup team. So I'm sure uh, opportunities like that will be in her future once she um, decides what avenue she wants to take. Um, but Sam is, uh, you know, she's a great team player. She loves that team environment with all the Australian women. And, uh, yeah, so she's, um, we're really proud of her and everything she's achieved playing for the country. Of course, a very proud parent now. But saying that, uh, just one more question regarding Sam. Paul, you were there at Flushing Meadow in 2011 when she beat Serena Williams in the US Open women's singles final. She's a Grand Slam champion. That was a special moment, wasn't it? Yeah, it was incredible. It's probably one of the highlights of my um, sporting life as well, to be there, you know, as her agent um, in New York, to beat Serena on the 10th anniversary of 7-11. It was just an incredible day, so something I'll never forget. And, you know, it was interesting because I was also with her in Paris when she lost in the final of the French Open. She'd just beaten Justine Hennon. Serena Williams, Yelena Yankovic to make the final and went in heavy favourite against Francesca Schiavone. And, you know, it was my first time being an agent of a Grand Slam finalist, her first time playing, her coach. And we're all sort of, it was new to us all, you know. And I don't think as a, as a group we handled the situation as well as we probably could have. It was just a lot of commotion going around. Everyone was sort of, it was new for everyone. And then the next year, you know, to be in the final of the US Open, you wonder when you're going to get that opportunity again. It was just a completely different vibe. It felt like there was no pressure at all. And Sam went out there and really took it to Serena. So certainly a, a great day for us personally, but a great day for Australian tennis. Mm, it was a first Grand Slam tournament singles title. I think it was the first by an Australian woman since I think Yvonne Goolagong won Wimbledon back in 1980. So it was a huge drought. So well done to Sam Stozer. Uh, Will she be lost to tennis, Paul? I know it's pretty hard now, crystal ball stuff. Uh, she is a parent, as I mentioned, uh, and she seems pretty happy off the court. Do you think she'll be involved in some shape or form? Yeah, no question, Sam will stay involved in tennis. I heard her. I think she just she's one of these people that just loves training. I think she'll be an amazing mentor to, to some of our younger players. Um, I think she'll miss getting out on the court, running around, sweating, and you know, it's what she loves. So it'll be, I'm more uh, interested in when she brings her rackets back and starts practicing again and just helping out the younger players because mm. I don't think it'll be far down the track till she's calling up saying, uh, who's there, I'm ready for a hit. <laughs> Good stuff. And as I let you go, Alex Dimonor is on court at the moment with taking on the French and Manorino and it's on serve at the moment. Uh, Dimonor serving to take it to six all in a first set tie break. And of course, the Nasi Kokonakis takes on Andy Murray and that's going to be a blockbuster match not far away either. 
Yeah, definitely. I'm going to wander out to both of those matches tonight. So I'm here at Melbourne Park, and uh, it's it's cold out there. So I was actually, uh, when you called, I was looking for a jacket to put on, <laughs> cause, uh, but I'm looking forward to getting out. And on the back of Alexa's win, uh, it'd be great to have three Aussies into the third round. Well, you're a West Australian. You know about uh, Perth summers, 36 degrees, by the way, here tomorrow, uh, Paul. I know you had a 36-degree day there in Melbourne the other day, and... Uh, everybody couldn't handle it. But anyway, that's another story. Mate, thanks for joining us. Thanks for giving us an insight into Sam Stozer and also Alexi Popperin. Enjoy the remainder of the tournament. We appreciate your time. My pleasure, Pete. Anytime. See you, mate. See you, mate. Okay, Paul Kilderry giving us a nice little uh, backyard stories there to both Alexi Popperin and also Sam Stozer. Hi, Pete. Epic game by Alexi Popperin and his interview after the game was full of emotion. Hope our younger brigade keep winning. Uh, Shane Kyrgios, as we know, is out of the tournament and hasn't got the same passion and commitment like these guys do. He really needs a coach. Good on you, at least, there from Ellenbrook. And there was another SMS, but there's no name to it. I mentioned all the players before I spoke to Chris Economides that uh, we're playing with the glory. Uh, Geria, Speranovic, Brimmer, Economides, Fornaroli, Diagostino. And this uh, person said, is that why the victory are so bad? Because they've got all the past glory players, bang, uh, right between the eyes. So there you go. You can join us anytime on the Temper of Bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736. We're live here from the Toolkit Depot studios at Optus Stadium. And we're here for Kia. And the Kia open line is there for you, 13 12 55. Uh, of course, uh, Kia, uh, that brilliant vehicle, the all-electric Kia EV6 GT Supercar, a pinnacle of engineering, uh, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. By the way, the Perth Wildcats, big match tomorrow night against the Sydney Kings. Uh, if you haven't got your tickets, get behind the Perth Wildcats this season. Head to tickertech.com.au. And as I mentioned, their next home game tomorrow night against the Sydney Kings, uh, who are top of the NBL ladder and tip off is at 6.30. We'll take a break, come back with more in a moment, uh, looking at all the other major events that have happened in sport. What about that great performance by the Perth Scorchers last night? We will touch on that after these messages here on Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. having a look at uh, the match between Demonor and Marino. It's, uh, as I said, a tiebreaker to determine the first set. And Demonor has a mini break. He's serving at 3-2 and he's got a great uh, was it just out? No, it's in. No, 3-all it is. 3-all just out, in fact. Uh, a nice forehand cross-court shot just uh, fractionally out. So it's 3-all as they change ends. We'll keep you up to date with that. As I mentioned, uh, some big developments uh, when it comes to the tennis. We're looking forward to Thanasi Kokonakis taking on Andrew May, Andy Murray. But just after he beat Fabio Fognini of Italy the other night, after winning in straight sets, he went to the press conference and as a reporter, as a commentator, you're going to make sure you don't err. Listen what happened here. 
You're done, mate. If you make a mistake and think that I'm Nick Kyrgios and I'm Thanasi Kokonakis, you're done, mate. And that's what Thanasi had to say. Uh, very funny indeed. Uh, you just got to make sure when you're speaking to these guys that have got egos, let me tell you, uh, that uh, you're as sharp as a tool and don't get anything wrong. And the line of questioning needs to be good because they'll just shoot you down. All right, Jim Courier is a great addition. I, I really respect his uh, comments and his commentary. I think uh, the former American Grand Slam champion is a great addition to our summer of tennis here in Australia. And this is what he had to say about Thanasi Kokonakis. Oh, he's hugely talented, yeah. and he has a lot of game, and he's had terrible luck with his body. This is a guy that... When he first came onto the tour as a teenager, you know, he, he and Nick Kyrgios kind of emerged at the same time, and and you thought he would, you know, have the type of career that Nick's had, where he'd be pushing in majors and challenging people because mm. he has that kind of firepower. He's that kind of a, of an athlete, and he just hasn't had the good luck. But it's nice to see him here, uh, and I think he's fresher this year at the Australian Open than he was this time last year from a single standpoint. Because remember, he, as you mentioned. He won the Adelaide tournament, which was just before uh, the Australian Open last year and was too tired to really push hard in the singles. So this year he's fresher. He looks good. Let's see what he can do. Yep. Uh, Divino, by the way, leads 5-3 in the first set tiebreaker. Jim Courier, who won two Australian Opens, actually, back-to-back in 92-93 and was really the number one ranked player in the world during the early 90s because he won a couple of French Opens as well, back-to-back, 91-92. Never won his home Grand Slam, but he got to a final of the US Open in 1991 but was beaten. An outstanding uh, tennis player, singles tennis player in the early 90s uh, was uh, Jim Courier. Now, Demonor has got three set points. He leads at Manarino in the first set tie break, 6-3. And hopefully we're just going to play a bit more of Jim Courier talking about Rafael Nadal as Demonor. In fact, we might just stay with it. Uh, there's a shot of his... Uh, partner, Alex Dimonor's partner, who's seated 22 here at the Australian Open. Manorino, the Frenchman, is unseated, and Dimonor's got three set points. It could be a golden day for Australia at the Australian Open. Dimonor serves to the backhand of Marino, and he's missed it. Uh, Just wide. So Dimonor has taken the first set, 7-6, and the crowd at Rod Lave Arena are up in unison. As I said, could it be a golden day for Australian tennis? Alexi Popperin winning. Now Alex Dimonor taking the first set. Could Thanasi Kokonakis beat uh, Al- um, Andy Murray? But first, back to Jim Courier. And I was sad to see the way Rafael Nadal bowed out of the Australian Open. This is what Jim Courier had to say. That is completely in character for Rafa. He's uh, several times in his career had injuries that would have, that he suffers in match that many players would have stopped uh, prior to the end of the match. And he just carries on and uh, he soldiered on again today. uh, Wasn't able to finish the match the right way uh, that he would have wanted to. And the American McKenzie McDonald that beat him was was out playing in the first couple of sets anyway, before Rafa got injured. But you know, still it's, it's really it's tough, I think, for all of us who admire Rafa so much to see him, you know, put all of the time and energy to come back and then not be able to physically do the way he'd, he'd like to. 
So there's Jim Courier talking about Rafa Nadal. Now, I'm just Googling, actually, the injury that he sustained. Oh, it's a hidden muscle injury, uh, a deep muscle that connects the spine to the lower limbs because it's uh, pronounced iliopasios. So iliopasios is a deep muscle. Uh, well, it says his spine to the lower limbs. It's the hip. Okay, thanks, Jimmy. MD. Jimmy Williams, MD, has just been talking in my headphones. He says it's a hip. Okay, good on you, Jimmy. Anyway, back to Rafa. He's out from six to eight weeks, so there's no return to Dubai. He's doubtful for Indian Wells and Miami. Uh, shouldn't be a problem for the clay season. But the thing is that Nadal now is in danger of leaving the top 10 for the first time in 19 years if he misses the next two months. And who would have thought that would have been the case for Rafael Nadal? Big EPL match last night. Manchester United took on Crystal Palace. They were leading 1-0 at Selhurst Park in South London where Manchester United. A victory last night would have taken them to second position in the EPL ladder and would have bumped their arch rivals and their nemesis, Manchester City, down to third place. But Crystal Palace somehow, deep into injury time, at the end of the game, secured a point. Klein leaves it. Elise tries his luck. for Manchester United. Looks of devastation on the United faces. Barely a glimmer from Elise. It was a stunning free kick. And Palace have their equaliser in stoppage time. So there you go. Uh, and let's, before we go, New Farm, Australian through and through. Let's update the weather for you for Perth tomorrow. 36 degrees, a mostly sunny morning. There's a chance of a thunderstorm in the northwest in the afternoon and early evening, dropping to a low of 21 tonight. For our friends in Bunbury in the southwest, Bunbury's forecast for tomorrow. Again, going to be a warm one, 33 degrees. It'll be sunny conditions. It'll also be 33 degrees in Bunbury on Saturday. New Farm products are formulated with the highest quality right here in Australia. New Farm Australian through and through. Thanks, Lee. Thanks, Jimmy MD. Uh, thanks for producing the show. I'll be back with the Ladbrokes Lounge, 9 o'clock on Saturday morning. Have a great night, everyone.